This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Good evening and welcome along to another edition of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the number one tennis betting podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. I'm Nigel Seeley, and as per usual, I'm joined by our senior ATB Tour handicapper, for because we win, Sean Calvert. Sean, we had a good day yesterday at the tennis. Not mixed down the results, but um, sure. we had a good day on the, uh, the, the champagne bus, the champagne bus rather than the $1 bus. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm not used to these sort of buses, as you know. I'm used to the um, the one dollar variety with the uh, interesting characters on them, shall we say? There was a few interesting characters at Queens Club yesterday <laughs> as well, by the way. But um, different kind of interesting. It's um, yeah, it was it was nice, wasn't it? It was, it was really good fun. I really enjoyed that. It was a great day. A um, couple of pointers for our tournament. We had a, we had a, a bit of a disappointment with our one of our future picks, obviously Umber, playing absolutely sure. dreadful against Ryan Pedersen. Shocking. Awful performance there. Uh, we thought that he might bounce back in the second set, but it wasn't to be. But then we had a very encouraging one with um, Sebastian Corner, our pick at 40-1, to 1, who looked really yeah. good in his win against Dan Evans. I think he was the takeout of the day. Um, he could be the he could be the real deal this week, I think. Yeah, it's what I hoped for, uh, for, a, for a starter. That was never an easy match, was it, against Dan Evans? But Evans did say after the match that he's, he's in a really bad place at the moment. He just doesn't, doesn't want to play tennis, just... You know, the confidence has gone and whatever, but be that as it may, you know, it wasn't an awful performance from, from Evans. He wasn't terrible. You know, Corder was, was very, very good. Um, and it, it sets up a cracking match, doesn't it? Uh, tomorrow, I'll be there um, tomorrow for the match against um, Tierfa. What a what a box office match that'll be with those two if they're playing on their best form. Yeah, it'll be a good day uh, tomorrow's action. We've got four matches in tomorrow's action. It's a bit weird this year because they're playing four matches today, four matches tomorrow on the uh, second round. They're, they're not playing on the, they're just playing one court, which is very, very unlike Queens. I think they're setting, it's a 10,000 set out every it? day. It's incredible, isn't it? It was a lot busier there yesterday, I noticed, than it has been over, over in previous years. Very, very busy. Yeah, it was absolutely rammed. We, we posted on Instagram a few times, didn't we? Um, I think we both did about the, the queues and stuff to get in. It wasn't actually as bad as it looked when I first got there, and I looked at that queue. I thought, oh, "God, this is going to be an hour," but it actually wasn't that bad. It was just—it was just very strange the way that they'd set it up. But I think this is about money. They, a lot of tournaments do this now. They put—they try and put every single match on the court that costs the most in terms of ticket prices, which obviously is the centre court, and that's kind of how they do it these days. It's a bit disappointing, in, you know, in my view. But that's—that's that's it. Commercial forces, I suppose. It is, but uh, if you got tickets tomorrow on Centre Court, you'll be on Centre Court tomorrow. Have, yeah. You've yeah. got a good, you've got a good day's action. I think there's some very, very interesting matches. And without any further ado, let's let's go straight into those matches. So, so we know the last sixteen at the moment. Um, obviously, Carlos Alcaraz come through with a little bit of a scare today as well. Didn't look very convincing. Um, before we talk about the outright markets, what do you think of Carlos Alcaraz? I mean, still the second favourite for Wimbledon, but he's got to improve a lot on that performance, didn't he? Yeah, it's difficult though, isn't it? He's that's his first match on grass, obviously for a year. 
Rindakesh, no pushover on on this surface. Um, not a massive surprise that he struggled. Perhaps a slight surprise that he struggled quite as badly as he did. You know, Rindakesh could easily have won that match. Um, but that's good news, isn't it, for for us as as far as Corder is concerned. You know, if he beats, I'm just looking at the draw here. If he beats Tifo, he'd have either Thompson or Norrie. Um, and then potentially Alcaraz or Dimitrov. So if obviously if Alcaraz continues to struggle, I wouldn't I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Dimitrov take down Alcaraz, and then. That would be a great semi-final for Corder as well. He's certainly got the beating of Dimitrov. So we're, we're, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself, but you know, it's, it's nice to see Alcaraz struggle from my point of view, to be honest. Mm, yeah, very much so. Um, I think he's a fade of this tournament. I think he's a fade for Wimbledon. Um, we'll just see how it goes. I, 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 I've got tickets for the semi-finals, and I'm not convinced that Alcaraz will be there. So we'll see where he gets beat along. But he doesn't play tomorrow. He plays on Thursday, and we'll uh, we'll look at that game. Well, we look at the matches on Friday. What when we do Thursday's show tomorrow? It'll be James Blake and Roy Giovanni looking at all the interesting things on the tennis world on the latest podcast. Okay, let's move on to the matches. Set round two, uh, early start again, uh, stateside. So head to the Bet Rivers website this evening or the earliest hours of the morning if you want to play on any of these picks. The first match on court is Lorenzo Massetti up against Ben Shelton. Ben Shelton yesterday, we all had a big bet on Ben Shelton, didn't we? Cheered him. Few of us had a big bet yesterday. We cheered Ben Shelton home. Um, he, he survived I still do and um yeah you were you were enjoying that one weren't you yeah he was up and down wasn't it he got off to a bad start but he managed to come through and um it's interesting to see for this match already in the in the build-up for the match there's been money coming for ben shelton he was a lot bigger than the the price currently the current prices are lorenzo massetti minus 195 ben shelton is plus 155 the spread here Minus two and a half uh, for Massetti, minus 106, plus two and a half for Shelton, uh, minus 121. And the totals here are 23 and a half with over at even money and under minus 129. There's a couple of things that I looked at here and um, Ben Shelton want, will want to go quite deep in this tournament because then he, he's got a good chance of being seeded for Wimbledon, which is an important factor for anyone with a current ranking around 34, 35 in the world where Ben Shelton finds himself in. Massetti comes in the back of a, a good performance in Stuttgart, where he probably outperformed his grass court statistics the way he in the quarterfinals. Uh, and after what was, uh, you know, he, he didn't play at all well against Alcaraz, did he, at the French Open, but he bounced back with a quarterfinal run here. So Shelton wins his first match on grass against uh, JJ Wolf yesterday. Um, you've said he's got the game. You believe that he, he could be a big contender on some of these matches. Mm. Are you tempted by the plus 155 of Bet Rivers for Big Ben? I would. I probably would be tempted, yeah, had I not already got him a position on him on the outrights. The, the, there is a bet I like in this match. This is going to be my bet of the day, um, which I'll talk about now on uh, on this particular match, Rossetti and Shelton. Shelton hadn't, hadn't set foot on a grass court, he said, uh, until last week. So that was that, the the practice that he was doing for this tournament was was the first time he'd ever put his feet on a grass court. So not surprising that he was a little bit sort of up and down against Jeff Wolf because it's obviously his first competitive match on grass. He's very, very new to this surface, obviously has the, the weapons to be a force on this. Uh, particular service, but what I like here is is what I find interesting, at least, is is Massetti's struggles against left-handers on surfaces other than clay. Um, I've got some stats here. His record is two six win loss against left uh, left-handers not on a clay court, and his service points, one return points, one total in those matches is just ninety six, and he wins only thirty three point six percent of return points. Now, if you look at all opponents away from clay. He's 35-40 win-loss and a 99 service points, one return points, one title. So his, his level dips quite considerably when playing left-handers on hard courts and grass. 
rather than than right-handers. So that interests me straight away, given that Shelton has a a, a wicked left-handed serve. He can really rush that backhand side of Missetti. He doesn't doesn't like to be rushed on that backhand side um, on these sort of services. He, he can handle it a bit better on the clay, but quick grass, quick low bouncing grass, it's it's going to be a struggle for him. The other thing that's interesting is that Massetti's serving a lot better this grass court swing than we've seen him do in the past. He's won 81.4% of his first serve points on grass already this season. Shelton, as a comparison, won 85% of his first serve points against Jeff Wolf. So these are two guys that are serving very, very strongly um, on the grass so far. Massetti's held serve 87% of the time on grass this season, played 0.33 tie breaks per set. So he's serving big, um, not necessarily breaking as much as he should. As I said, he's got that weakness historically against left-handers on these sort of services. So I've gone for over 23 and a half games here at, um, at even money with Bet Rivers. I think this, would be, this, could go, this could go far longer than that even. Yeah, over 23 and a half. Some great stats there from Sean there. Over 23 and a half currently even money. Remember that match starts at 7 a.m. Eastern time. So get on nice and early to this evening or early hours of tomorrow. 29 different bets available on the match uh, with the bet on the Bet Rivers website. But the only bet we're interested in is totals at 23 and a half. I have a lean for Shilton. I, I like Shilton in this match. I, I hope I, you're right. I yeah, hope you're right. I, I like him at plus 155. I, I like getting the two and a half start because if we're going to go overs, I would expect it to be a couple of very tight sets, tie breaks. So I think the two and a half, we could cash on the two and a half and the overs, 23 and a half. So I, I'm in the camp of Shelton here. I, I'm I'm liking Shelton. I like the fact that the public money is behind him. And um, I think at plus, plus 155, I think he's going to go even um, lower in the betting. I think that Massetti's going to get uh, to be, be, be a fade for this. And I think Shelton, the money will come for him. Uh, the next match is the second game on call, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time on Centre Court. This is the ATP Tour event in London. Uh, we've just watched, I've just, I've just sat and watched the last two hours of the cricket, the Ashes, uh, where Australia have just beaten England in the Ashes. First Ashes test. Um, if you're new to cricket, there is a great podcast here on Betting Week, the cricket podcast with John Wright and Ed Hawkins. You won't get any better uh, betters on cricket than, the, than those two. Uh, but I've just watched it, and now it's another uh, Great Britain, well, England against... Um, Australia class here, where Cam Norrie goes up against Jordan Thompson. Uh, Cam Norrie is the favourite, minus $2. Obviously, he's a beaten finalist here at Queen's Club before. Jordan Thompson is in some great form, actually. If you look at his form on, on grass courts at the moment, he's plus 160 to win this match. They've met five times before. Uh, the head-to-head is 3-2 to Cam Norrie. Never met on a on a, a grass court, though. And the, uh, the last time they met was back in 2020, where Thompson won in three tight sets. But if you look at their matches, nothing straightforward. There's, there hasn't been one match that's gone straight sets. Everyone has gone almost a distance. You know, in the best of three sets, everyone's gone to three set. And in the one time they met in a major, it was four sets. Overs has cashed in every single one of those matches. So um, over here is uh, 22 and a half, um, leaning towards that over. But Cam Norrie here at minus $2, I think he's... I wouldn't, I wouldn't be betting Cam Norrie. The way that Thompson's playing looks obviously... Reaches the final in Hertzgenbosch. Um, quite impressive in the first round against Popper in as well. So um, you, you agree with me on this one, or do you think that uh, Cam gets the job done? I think I'd be tempted to back Jordan Thompson if he wasn't mm. leggy, which I suspect he, he might be. Um, as you say, he's in great form on the grass at the moment. Very, very close in that Rosmarlon final against Talon Griggsbor. Ended up winning just one point fewer than Griggsbor uh, in that final. Griggsbor just about edged it. Uh, Thompson's beaten a top 10 Brit before at Queen's Club. You probably remember when he beat Andy Murray here in 2017 when Murray was top seed and world number one. Thompson beat him 
Um, just looking at the all-time main level grass stats, there's there's very little in it. It's actually a slight edge to Thompson, actually, on all-time. Um, he's got 101 service points, one return points, one total compared to Norrie's 100. Looking at the last 10, the last 10 matches of each each man, Thompson 103, Norrie 104. So very little between them. As you say, Thompson's won two of the last three head-to-head meetings against Norrie, but Norrie was ranked a lot lower back then. He was ranked between 50 and 70 in the world back in those days. So he's not, you know, he wasn't quite the player that he is now, you could say. What puts me off is the fact that every Norrie match is a physical battle. Um, I, it might be one where Norrie, I'm, I'm tempted with sort of Norrie 2-1 here. I think Norrie's one that Norrie will probably just scrape out in the end, but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Thompson won this. It's just that the fatigue factor, he's played 22 sets in two weeks, has Jordan Thompson, and Norrie's played two. Hmm. So there's a, a massive advantage, you would think, uh, in terms of Norrie, in terms of physicality, which leads me towards the sort of 2-1 to Norrie, but that's that's my views on that one. I think that brings in the total games as well. Over 22 and a half, they definitely would be looking at that angle. And as I say, in the five previous matches between these twos, over has cashed in every single match. So the totals on the over 22 and a half could be the angle and or go for the set betting. Uh, all the all the odds are available on the Bet Rivers website. They have 29 different markets available on that match. Remember, if you do place a bet on the Bet Rivers website, you can live stream it. You can watch the match wherever you are from the comfort of your own home. Uh, or in the bed. You'll probably be in the bed at uh, 8.30 in the morning, maybe before you go to work. So you've got a good chance to watch that match. Um, I'm never in ne- bed at 8.30 in the morning. I know, but a lot of people who don't have kids or, or dogs <laughs> that wake them up in the morning or... or, or, or yeah, some like, people are, yeah. Lucky one. Or get to our age and need to get up to go to the toilet three or four times in the evening. You know, the, the young kids, you know, they, they're, they're, they'll be getting up at that kind Fair of time. Enough. You think so? No, not really. But anyway, um, <laughs> the final next game, 10 a.m. Uh, this is a real interesting one. It's a, it's, a, it's a game that I'm looking forward to indeed. I know you'll be there. You'll probably be. You, I've got a good chance. I might. I think you might be able to be in the Pediston camp tomorrow. I, I might, might, I mean, our friend, obviously, uh, who works here on the Bet Rivers Network, John Wright, does the cricket. He's uh, He works for the agency to look after Ryan Pedersen. And we we watched yeah. him. We watched Ryan Pedersen play that Umber game uh, yesterday. And although Pedersen won, um, he didn't didn't really have to do much to win. He was he wasn't impressive, but probably one of the biggest wins of his career. And obviously, beating uh, he beat Holger Rune, his opponent here in Eastbourne last year, which was his biggest win of his career. But he didn't have to do anything to beat a guy in the top thirty in the world. It was a very very poor performance by Numbe. Uh, but Pedersen's going to have to play a lot better if he's going to win this match. But he's got the confidence that they've met once before. Last year in Eastbourne, Pedersen won against Holger Rune. Holger Rune won his first ever match on grass today. And he's a favourite, Holger Rune, minus 335. Again, that is not a price that tempts me or interests me in any shape or form. Ryan Pedersen is, uh, is plus 255. And if we look at some of the special markets, the spread here is three and a half, minus 105 for Pedersen, minus 122 for Holger Rune. And the totals, again, 22 and a half over minus 105 and under minus 122. Um, Rune is, is is a difficult one to call, isn't it? I mean, I, I bet him to, I pose him today against Cressy. Cressy should have won that match. Rune didn't he play was lucky, very well. Rune. Very, he was very lucky, lucky again. But Pendleton's going to have to step up a little bit from what he did yesterday. Even though he did win that match, he needs to step up here. Has he got that level to? You know, he's beaten him before, but has he got that level to go up to? That's the big problem. Yeah, probably not. I mean. Maybe I'm Pennison's lucky charm. If I if I sit there on centre court again, maybe he'll win again. But that was that was bad. We can't really overstate how bad Humbert was. He was. Mm-hmm. I know it was very windy at the start of the day. There was a lot of blustery wind flying about. But he was 
he was atrocious. Peniston really just had to keep the ball in play. He didn't have to do a great deal more than that. I kind of get the feeling that Peniston caught Rune a bit cold last year on the grass. Um, Rune, it was his second, I think it was his second ever match. I think he played the previous week. Lost to Carreno Buster and he just hadn't really got a clue what he was doing last year, Rune. He looks a lot more determined this year. Although that, said, that being said, um, as you said a minute ago, Cressy should have won. For those that didn't watch the match, Cressy was 5-2 ahead of Rune. Um, again, more and more double faults let him down, Cressy, when he when he served for the set. He missed an absolute sitter um, on break point, Cressy, to, to serve for the second set at 6-5. In fact, he missed several sitters in that particular game. So he could have won it in straight sets, Cressy, but he only served at 52%. He got you know, just over half of his first serves in and hit 13 double faults. So, and he, even with all that being said, he still could have won it in straight sets. So, you know, Rune minus 333, whatever he is, that's it's certainly not a bet for me, but I just feel like Peniston, I'm not sure he's, I'm not sure he's going to catch Rune as cold as he did last year. I'm not sure Rune's going to make the same mistake twice. I had a look at Rune's record against left-handers at main level away from the clay and his, his service points one return points one total is 104 even though he's got only got an 8-7 win loss mark so there's no real weakness that I'm seeing there in the statistics I, I just feel like Pennison's gonna have to play his absolute best and hope that Rune has another bad day otherwise I, I can't I can't really see an upset there no I, I wouldn't bet him though I wouldn't bet minus 335 no. I wouldn't bet in a parlay I wouldn't get involved in this match but um I think the odds look about right uh, I don't think there's any anything to do. I think obviously if Pennington gets a good start and gets a break up and gets the crowd behind him, he's going to have all the. Well, I hope he there. wins. You know, I'll yeah, be cheering be him on for sure. It'd be, but... it'd, be a, it'd be a great great day for him if he does win. One of what you know, doing when he needs the points as well. He's got a lot of points to defend as well. Heading into yeah. as well for Ryan Pennington. He's ranked 265 in the world and Holger in his number six. So that shows you the task he has at hand. But it's a leveler being on grass and it's a leveler being in London as well. So they are the four. I'm oh, sorry, no, no, I missed one. I missed the best. I missed the best one. Uh, sorry about that. The best one uh, is 12 p.m. Uh, lunchtime matches. The match we touched on, beginning our pick to win the tournament here. Sebastian Cordell, 40 to 1 tournament winner pick, who's slashed now half the betting, probably a little more than half the betting now. And he's up against Francis Tiafo in what looks to be a blockbuster match. 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, that match starts. Uh, and again, money for Sebastian Corder. There was a, There's been a quite a big move on Sebastian Corder for this match. Uh, Francis Tierfo is minus 165. Sebastian Corder is minus, as plus 133. The spread is one and a half. Tierfo minus 129. Corder is plus 102. And the totals again pitched at 23 and a half with over even money and under minus 129. Uh, if we talk about Jordan Thompson being leggy, Francis Tierfo must be quite leggy. I mean, he'd come through an absolute epic week in Stuttgart, winning the tournament, beating Struff in a, in a marathon final. He has a relatively easy match today against Van der Sanchez, which was which was bad for us. But we 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 wanted Van der Sanchez. Disappointing. He's Huge. massively disappointed. Van der Zanskel, he he just doesn't turn up sometimes, does he? He just thinks, ah, I fancy it today, so I'm not gonna do it. I mean TFO is very good, but as you say, he should he should by rights be feeling a little bit leggy, shouldn't he, TFO? Mm. And he could he's be it today. And he's playing an opponent who shouldn't be leggy. You know, the no, night time he's off should should be fit as anything coming into his peak time of the year. So I can understand why the money's come for Sebastian Cordy. I was very, very impressed with Sebastian Cordy yesterday. Uh, what I didn't, you know, I didn't, we didn't watch it in the whole of its entirety of the match, but the result, the performance, it was it was back to Corder best, I thought, or towards, towards his best at the start of the season when we were talking about him as being a major champion. You know, talking mm-hmm. about Wimbledon, talking about the US Open, you know, we know how good he is. 
And this is a big, big match for him. I think the, the opportunity against playing TFO after that win last week is a huge, huge uh, opportunity for Sebastian Corder to come through and make a statement heading to Wimbledon. We also did a little video yesterday where we were talking about Sebastian Corner potentially betting to win Wimbledon now. He was 66 to 1 yesterday. That price is long gone. It's 40 to 1 best now. 80 to 1 it was uh, when we did the video. So are we getting a little bit carried away about the quarter performance because we've got money on it or we, and we're riding on the money? Or, or you know, is he, is he, are you seeing things there which are getting you excited again if you're a quarter better? I think he's yeah he's always got the quality as we've said numerous times like you know I mentioned it a few weeks ago in the show about potentially him doing well at Wimbledon but we are we are hoping a bit in terms of his fitness because he you know he's had three months without playing TFO undoubtedly will be the more match sharp of these two without question but is he is he leggy I mean if you look at the last two meetings that these two have, have played against each other Corder was certainly the better player on on hard courts and clay even though TFO won one which he absolutely should never have done. Um, you know, he beat TFO outdoors in Cincinnati last summer. He was one point seven favourite for that match. Um, was was quarter? What price is he now? He's not, he's uh, price, minus one sixty five. So um, that's, that's plus about one plus one um, one point six two. And and uh, Sebastian Corder is now plus one thirty three. So in in our in, in our money one point three three two point three three. Okay, so he's a much bigger price now than he was when he when he played uh, TFO last summer and he won. Um, as I said, he should also have beaten him on the clay in Estoril. He was a set and five two up quarter that day, wasted three match points, ended up losing it um, in a final set. So he, he certainly has the beating of, of TFO on the matchup. Um, on the all time grass stats, there's there's very little in it as well. You slight edge to quarter, 103 to 102 in terms of the service points, one return points, one. You could argue that TFO, and, and quite rightly, that TFO's level within the last week or so is is better than that. You could certainly argue that. I just think this. If I was having a bet in this match, coming into it cold with no outright interest, I would certainly be interested in um, in backing Corder. Yeah, for sure. I like Corder here. I, I like. I like. I'm, I'm tempted by all the underdogs, even Peniston, just for a little bit of fun. I'm tempted. I want. You know, I think this is not. I think the fa- the next tournament we're going to talk about the favourite betters in, in the next tournament. But here in London, I, I like all the outsiders here. But uh, that's the final game. Interesting one. The other thing that's interesting as well, Sean, is I, know, I remember you saying to me last year when I wanted we did our one of our very very first podcasts. You you look at players who are around about 32, 33, 34 in the world going into the major. They want to be seeded. Sebastian Corda is currently ranked thirty two in the world as well. Uh, it's probably not in his mind at all, but. He wants to be seeded for Wimbledon as well, so I, I would expect yeah, uh, a decent showing as well. So it's, it's make sure he can get that seeding. He needs to to win this match and probably go a little bit deep in the tournament as well. So I think we get we, we get very excited about our quarter position or what we saw yesterday, and the reason why we are not because we think he can win it, but we gen, we generally think we, we've got the, the great bit of value on someone who was the wrong price when we saw the form that he performed yesterday. At. So this is going to be a great game, and um, uh, it'll be a quite great one to watch uh, tomorrow. Sean, as I say, will be in attendance on Centre Court at the ATP Tour event in London. You can follow Sean's uh, adventures on his uh, and our Instagram account, which is at Because We Win. Make sure you follow that. You can see the story of Sean. Hopefully, it'll be a uh, with the Ryan Pedersen camp and hopefully cheer on a winner there and get some good content on there as well. So that is the tournament in London for matches. Uh, we've got some, we got one pick. So our one pick on that official pick is Ben Shelton, Lorenzo Massetti over 23 and a half games at even money. So that's London done. Let's move across the Haller. Uh, we have four matches here. We got or five matches. We're going to talk about here. 
Um, our outright pick, Roberto Bautista Agutz, has got through to last 16 at 33 to 1. And he is the first match we're going to talk up against Brandon Nakashima. This match starts again early, 6 a.m. Eastern time. So a very, very early start, earlier than London here as well. So make sure you get to across the Betweavers website and get your bets on nice and early. These two have never played before. Um, Nakashima beat Yima in a tough match, actually. A little bit tougher than you would expect it. And uh, Batista had pretty little problem at all to negotiate his path through to the first round here. Uh, the odds are minus 159 for Roberta Batista Agut, plus 128 now for Nakashima. The graphics is 123, but uh, the money has come for Batista Agut. The spread is one and a half with Bautista Agut minus one and a half and minus 124. And the totals 23 and a half with over at even money and under minus 125. Um, Rod's on favorite here. Money's coming for our man and uh, a win here. We're in the quarterfinals at 33 to one. Is it as simple as that? Probably not. Um, I hope it's as simple as that. I think it was a a very, very good start from, from Bautista. Exactly like the quarter match that against Evans. It was the perfect start that I'd actually hope hoped for. You know, if you got on Bautista got a 50 to 1 when the prices were out initially, I think you've got some absolutely tremendous value. It doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna gonna do the business, but you you know, you, you keep getting these good prices sooner or later, one's gonna land for you. Um, and he was great because that was the when he played Vavasori today. That was his third different opponent that he had to pre- prepare for. Initially, came here thinking he was playing Zverev. Then he thought he was going to play Altmaier. Then Altmaier withdrew um, as the lucky loser. Not many lucky losers withdraw, but he was one of them because he was injured in the qualies. Then he then he had to play Vavasori, who he probably hadn't had any time at all to prepare for. He was preparing for Altmaier then. Beat him in straight sets. Um, didn't face a break point. Won ninety one percent of his first serve points. So, you know, it was a commanding performance. This is going to be much more of a, a baseline battle uh, against Nakashima. You're going to have to beat him um, from the back of the court. And that's not always easier said than done because Nakashima, is, he's got decent uh, grass stats. Lots of people would have seen him last year at Wimbledon do well. His grass stats so far, 7-5 win loss and 103 service points, one return points, one total. Bautista has got a 70% win rate on grass in his career. And his service points, one return points, one total is 105. And he's got a 10-5 record here in Halle. So on the statistics, I think the prices look about right. But I, I think this will be a very good test for, for Bautista. I, got, I think it's one that he can definitely overcome. He certainly should on his best form. But, you know, he's he's had foot, uh, problems with his foot, the injury that he kind of had throughout the clay season and, and a little bit before that as well, in sort of Indian Wells time. So if he's if he's over that injury, uh, and it looked like he was in the first round against um, Bavasora, I think he, he should win that, yeah. So favourite betters getting off to a good start there, and it's been a tournament for favourite betters, isn't it, Sean? They've all won, Halla. It's been a it's been a nightmare for me. You know, I like my underdogs, as you know. I'm just looking at the I've got the stats on my, my screen there next to me. The only underdog that that's won that I can see is Laszlo Jerry against Oscar Otto, who's who's very much out of form. Um, all the other underdogs have won every single. Sorry, all the other favourites have won every single favourite won today in Halla. Um, I'm hoping that continues as far as uh, Bautista Agut is concerned. Be a bad day for Bet Rivers. Uh, all the favourites winning. That's what they, they don't want that to happen. Anyone who's putting the parlays in all the favourites, they're absolutely getting the cash in Germany in Halle. And somebody who's been in incredible form in Germany over the last couple of weeks is Jan Leonard Struff. Obviously, we made the final, probably should have won last week in Stuttgart, where he got beat by Francis Tiafo. And the, 
He's turning his grass court form on his head the last couple of weeks. I mean, his grass court form coming into Stuttgart last week was, was pretty abysmal, really, for his career. Gets to the final of the grass court. Now he's a minus $2 favourite against Roman Safflin. The question is, is that last week must have taken a lot, a lot out of him, both physically and mentally in that final as well. Um, they met once before and Safflin won this match as well. So uh, that's, a, that's a question mark over. This is an 8, a 6 a.m. start again. Uh, the spread here is two and a half with Jean-Louis Streff minus 112 and Safflin uh, minus 114. And the total is exactly the same as the first match. 23 and a half with uh, over the even money outsider under minus 127. Um, is it weary? For, is it, it going to be leg weary Streff or is it the home crowd going to get him through to another another win to justify favouritism and get them favourite betters more cash? Well, this is his home tournament, Streff. It's the closest one to his home. I think he's in Varsteen. Um, he's about an hour or so away from Haller. Quite considerably closer than Stuttgart. He calls this his home tournament, but he's got a shocking record here. Uh, his Every match that he's played in, in Haller, including qualities, he's two wins and 12 defeats. You know, it doesn't get it doesn't get much worse than that in a home tournament. So the crowd are going to have to do something here because his, his record is shocking. As I say, his, his service points, one return points, one total here is 96. He's 2-9 win-loss in the main draw. One of those wins actually was against Medvedev, uh, strangely, but he, his record is poor. I mean, is this a new struff is the question. And it does it does seem to be a new struff based on what he did in Madrid. I think it's gave him a massive amount of confidence and he's come to Stuttgart, dropped his opening service game against Zhang and then won the next six and then he was just got on a complete tear. Um, it, this is a difficult one because they've given him a Wednesday start, haven't they? This is the only this is the only first round match over the two tournaments this week that wasn't played on the Monday or Tuesday. So they've been kind to him in his home tournament. They've given him an extra day off. Um, I certainly wouldn't back him at that price though because Safaland's a Always a difficult one to call. He's very streaky. You know, he can go for a long time without winning. Then he'll come up and win four or five in a row, get to a semi-final final. He'd never played a main. He's never still sorry. He's never played a main draw match on grass um, at main level. Safalan, but in qualies, he was great. He beat Karatsev and Bonzi both in straight sets, and he held serve every time. He wasn't broken at all by either of those two. As you say, he beat Struff seven five six one in Basel in, on indoor hard at the end of last season as a two point two seven underdog. Now he's a I think it's a plus one fifty five shot, isn't he? There, thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tempted by Safran here. I, I, what puts if this was the old Struff? This match was being played last year. I, I definitely back Safran here. It just seems to me that Struff is is made of sterner stuff uh, at the minute. So it's a no bet for me. The lean, the lean is Safran. I think about those prices. Yeah, I agree with you as well. Uh, Safran plus one fifty five. I think he's a big popular Struff. Uh, could end the favourite sequence at minus $2. Uh, one favourite who's the heaviest favourite on the card at both tournaments tomorrow is Daniel Medvedev uh, up against Laszlo Jerry. Daniel Medvedev trying to bounce back after his first round exit in the French Open, but he was beat by Manorino with Herzog and Bosch. He won the first round here at Halle against uh, Marcus Giron, which was a much better performance. But he's minus 1,115 to beat Laszlo Jerry, who is plus $7. Laszlo Jerry is a terrible, terrible record on grass. I know he uh, he defied the odds to beat Otti, but as you said, Otti is uh, not in the greatest of form. But Laszlo Jerry uh, on grass don't really go hand in hand. Uh, I haven't really seen much of a, 
Any chance of an upset here? If you want to play the, the handicap, it's four and a half. The spread minus four and a half. And Medvedev still a very heavy favourite, minus 148. The totals may interest a few people here. The over is 20 and a half at minus 110 with under minus 115. Um, can't see. We can't really make much of a case against Medvedev, can we, Sean? No, I don't think he's not going to lose, but I'm, I'm slightly tempted on the overs here. I think Jerry's improving on the quicker services compared to what he was level he was at a year or two ago. Um, if you look at his all-time record on grass, as you say, it's not great. He's got a 33% win rate and a 96 service points, one return points, one total. But in his last 10, that improves to, to 98. And he's, he's serving well on these quicker surfaces. I'm slightly tempted. I'm not, I'm not impressed with Medvedev on grass. It's not, it's not doing it for me. His stats aren't, they're not brilliant. All-time, he's got a 65% win rate, Medvedev, which is, you know, okay. It's not. It's not befitting of a world number one, number two, really. And his service points, one return points, one total is 104. Um, yeah, I, it's it's hard to back Jerry against Medvedev on, on a quick surface, isn't it? It's not something mm. that feels comfortable doing. But incidentally, I didn't feel comfortable about backing public either, did I? And he won easy <laughs> against Courage, didn't he? So that, uh, that made me pay for being a bit greedy. But on this one, I, I assume Medvedev's going to win, but I'm slightly tempted with the overs. I think Jerry's perhaps improving and, and that's not quite taken into account as far as the odds are concerned. I don't think he's improving anywhere near enough to, to beat Medvedev, that's for sure. No, maybe a little lean towards the total games over 20 and a half yeah. is the line. Head to the Bit Rivers website, minus 110 for the overs. One match that's very, very high on the total games tomorrow is the match we're going to talk about next. It's Stefanos Tsitsipas against Nicholas Jarry. Totals here are 24 and a half, which is the highest on the card with over minus 121. The actual money line, though, Tsitsipas is minus 295. Nicholas Jarry is plus 230. The spread is two and a half. With uh, the favourite there, uh, Tsitsipas giving up the two and a half, minus 127. Jarry's even money, plus the two and a half on the spread. Sitsapas at the moment just looks to me more into Instagram than uh, tennis at the moment, the way his, his love life is with Pedosa. Um, his performance last match, he, how he got through, I don't know, against Barrer, he come through. But prior to that, beaten by Richard Gasquet as well. And Jarry is a, is a big server. He's beaten the Sitsapas on uh, grass before, back in 2019. Sitsapas did win their last match in 2023 in Monte Carlo, a match that I was in attendance at. But... Um, since the pass out at the moment, I don't know where he is in his tennis game. I think he's uh, realizing there could be more money to make on fashion deals and uh, photo shoots rather than on the tennis courts. You think so? Uh, you, you're the man with the social media. I, I don't know. I don't keep up with. Well, he's things. loved up with but, Paolo Badosa. They're doing all kinds yeah, of pictures. Says, yeah. They've got all these contracts. They look a very handsome couple, very very attractive couple, and they're and they're and they're yeah. making lots of money. But I think he realizing that matching his outcries. You know what? I can't match. I can't. I can't compete with this guy he's just too good at the moment so i think he's trying to earn a few quid outside the tennis courts and i i'm afraid whoever he plays at the moment i don't think his head's in the right space i think that to- that totals line is really high 24 yeah. off uh, i think people that haven't seen what's going on in Halle, the court looks in absolutely shocking condition the center court it looks awful and they've only played on it for a couple of days it looks like it's been played on for about six months it's patchy it's, it's horrible and there's not there's been hardly any tie breaks either i'm just looking at my List. There's only been one. Herkash had one a minute ago. So one, two, three, four. There's only been five matches that have had tie breaks in them. Um, but he came. So he, he came through a match in the his round before. Sitsipas come through a match that had 36 games. So people might look at that and he, and he battled back to beat Barrera. They might look at that, but that's a negative for me. I think once he's had a long game like that, it's more likely to go under than over. That's that Jerry's not not for me on grass. I know he's got the big serve, but he doesn't he doesn't move well on grass at all. 
he, he can't get the same kind of kick, but but you know by any means on grass than he can get on clay. His his game is high altitude where he can really get that kick serve up really really high and make it virtually impossible to return for someone like Sitsipas on the backhand side. He can't really do that on grass. It bounces too low for him as well. Sitsipas is far from a natural as well on grass. You know I'm not not saying Sitsipas is brilliant by any means. He's Service points, although his service points, one return points, one total actually is the same as as Medvedev's 104, um, and he's held 89 percent of the time in his last 10 matches. It's about hence the high lines, but he sh- he shouldn't be losing to Jerry really, not not on grass. Um, wouldn't bet him though, would you, Sean? You wouldn't bet him. Oh God, no, 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 no. I wouldn't bet him. I said, I just think that's 24 and a half. That's I think that's high. I'd, if I, I know. I, I'm betting on that, I'd, I'd go unders there. Yeah, under 24 and a half is an very high, the highest match, on, uh, the highest totals on all the matches we've spoken about on this show today, on the podcast today. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network.